You are listening to the Power of Why podcast. Because it's easy to lose interest in what you're doing if you don't understand why it's important. So I got very interested in team management and project management and systems creation and all of that kind of stuff. And I did that for years and did it for huge businesses and small ones and all different industries. And I started to see the patterns. I Mm -hmm. tend to think like a scientist. So I'm like, where am I repeating myself? Where does this keep happening? And it was usually around a lot of system and process development. It was the number one thing people put to the bottom of their list because, you know, we'll get to it when we're not launching or when we're not doing this or when we're not executing that. And the key to it is that it's always happening in the background. Mm -hmm. But to get that mindset, to get that process started was a surprisingly large hill for a lot of people. Hello, hello. It's Naomi here. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Why podcast, where I talk to creatives and founders about their purpose and how they navigate living on their own terms. As you know, I also package these episodes into show notes that break down the conversation, provide links to resources and people that we mentioned in the episode, and very practical ways to explore yourself and your creativity. So make sure to subscribe to the newsletter. I've dropped the link in the description box. Enjoy this week's episode. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Power of Why podcast. My name is Naomi Hiley, and we're doing video again. (laughs) And I am joined by the incredible Victoria Klein. Victoria, thank you so much for being here today. It's an honor to be here, especially if you're going to introduce me as incredible. I will take that. (laughs) You are. And after you hear Victoria's story, uh, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. So for some context, Victoria has been an entrepreneur for the past 15 years. Uh, She is a business strategist, a published author, a certified OBM, which is short for online business manager, a mindset coach. And she, you know, used to work with six and seven figure authors and podcasters, service providers, really build, you know, streamline businesses so they can have more time to think and live their life. Currently, Victoria is working on her third book, third book. Okay, we're going to delve into how she even got into this space. And she is studying Japanese and French as well. And focused today, her current focus is on her one day intensive, which is to help people complete up to three months of work together in six hours. So again, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to like dive into your story and learn about what your journey has been like these past uh, few years. So if you can start with just uh, telling us a little bit about yourself and your origin story. Yeah, absolutely. Technically, we could do a whole episode on the origin story because <laughs> it's been a long journey, but that's part of the whole book that I'm writing anyway. So just, well, I'll give you the Cliff's Notes version. So um, I started as an entrepreneur in high school. Um, I was a model and an actress while I was still in high school. And after I got out, I did acting and modeling for a few years. But as many people know, it can be a very toxic industry. And as I got older, I started to get a little larger naturally, and that was a problem. So um, I didn't think it was a problem. I was being told it was a problem. (laughs) So uh, that ended up being causing some very unhealthy mindset issues. And ultimately, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore because I couldn't fit into their mold. And uh, so I transitioned to writing, which is something that I've always loved doing. Um, I got my first piece published when I was six years old in my local newspaper. So I've always loved words. I love compiling information and simplifying it, which of course led the system. So that's no surprise. But uh, so I was a professional author and writer for an entire decade. So I have two published books already. And I also did newspaper articles, magazine articles, you know, websites, blogs, all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I love writing. Clearly, if I'm writing my third book, I love writing, um, but I don't like doing it full-time as my only source of income. I'm one of those multi-passionate people, and if you want to shove me into a little hole and say, you're just a writer, I'm just going to push and shove and break out of that box and say, no, I am not. So mm. <laughs> um, that, uh, that never worked for me. Um, it was very hard when my sole income 
came from something creative. That was a very hard thing for me to attach myself to because I'm a very cerebral person. I live in my head quite a lot. So yeah. to attach creativity to money, just it felt really conflicting to me. And I just couldn't be as creative. I couldn't be as interesting with what I said and what I wrote. So I did that for 10 years quite successfully, but I moved on after that. And I moved into doing personal assistant work for entrepreneurs and being a virtual assistant, which yeah. is very lucrative work. I know a lot of fantastic virtual assistants, uh, but that didn't last very long for me because I found I had so much experience in the logistics of running a business online as well as marketing and strategy and systems and just all of these different pieces that fit together that I thought there has to be something after that, right? You know, most people don't just have like 12 virtual assistants and constantly keep talking to all of them. There's absolutely no way that's possible. So that's when I found out about online business management. And I dove into that. I've been, I was doing that for four years, going on five. And uh, it's, it was way better because I got to see the whole picture and see the influence and all the systems and the interactivity. And it was kind of like watching, you know, an ant farm and seeing how everything yeah. moved and everything worked together. And, and I love doing that work, but I realized that no matter what you do, ultimately there's a lack of efficiency and I'm not obsessed with efficiency. Some people really are. They're like, everything must be efficient. Get up at 5.00 AM, do your thing. Right. Like, no, no, mm -hmm. that's not, <laughs> I'm human. By the way, where's the mystery? <laughs> where's the nuance? You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm not obsessed with efficiency, but I am curious about it. And one of the things that I've noticed with myself and with others is that ultimately it's a lack of focus. We have a lot of options in our world, even just online. I mean, right now COVID's going on, so we don't have a lot of options outside the store, but we do have a lot of options in general. So it can be very hard to make decisions. It can be very hard to decide, what do I focus on? What is worth my time? And so that's how I transitioned into doing intensives, which means that me and the CEO sit down and spend six hours together virtually right now, but normally I would offer in-person options as well. And you can get an immense amount of stuff done when your phone is off and, <laughs> and we're yeah. focused on what's in front of us and we don't have any distractions. I get you food delivered. Like you don't have to think about anything. Just show up and answer questions and keep moving things forward. And mm -hmm. I found we get an immense amount of stuff done and we are able to launch things forward, not just for the CEO themselves, but for the business, the team, the way they interact. You can overhaul your entire business in a day. So uh, wow. it's been immensely fun to do that. And I've seen some just jaw-dropping results having spent you know, years and years inside of people's businesses. And there's multiple priorities. Everyone needs an OBM. Eventually you need like a COO. Like you need these kinds of people. But mm -hmm. to be able to get those intensives, that kind of microcosm, quick result that leads to a lot of additional developments, you got to be able to focus. You got to be able to turn everything off. And I offer people the option to do that. So that's how I got here. <laughs> yeah. And so while you were working um, as an entrepreneur, as a virtual assistant, you know, was that the pain point that you sort of noticed as you were watching how the system was running? Because that's what an OBM essentially does. Um, and then thinking, okay, there's something deeper here. There's something that maybe we're not focusing on. Let's, like, how, what did that transition look like? What questions were you asking yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the VA to OBM transition was definitely a VA is a doer, a VA is an executor. So you tell the VA what to do and kind of how to do it. Like you might have a system or a process. If they don't know a yeah. software, you might help them learn it. You tell them what to do and they do it. You tell them when it's due. You tell them, you know, you give them content, whatever it is, and you have them do things. That's awesome. That's boring for me. <laughs> that's, that's not my personality. I, I can do. So if, if you know a lot about Gay Hendricks, that is a zone of excellence for me, is managing and executing and implementing ultimately. That's my zone of excellence. That's not my zone of genius though. Mm -hmm. That's not where I ultimately shine and have the biggest impact. That's where strategy and like deep focused work 
really is where I shine. So the transition from VA to OBM was, how can I make this more efficient? How can I make this easier for the business to run? So the VA doesn't have to ask a bunch of questions so that the VA understands how they fit into the system of the business as a whole. So I thought, what if we just blocked out a whole day and just started this? You know, let's pull all the people we can together and say, hey, like this is your day. If I need to pay you extra so you're not working with other clients, let's just do this mm -hmm. and see what we can get done. And the results were astounding. So I'm like, why am I not doing this with people right. solely? Like, why am I not helping more people? Because when you're an OBM, there it's a lot of work. You're inside that business every single weekday. So yeah. it's a lot of dedication. You can only handle anywhere from like two to three clients at a time. Right. That's great. You get to have a deep impact on someone's business, which I love, but I like helping a lot of different kinds of people. I'm multi-passionate. Yeah. So I help coaches. I help course creators. I help speakers. I help authors. I help podcasters. I help all these different people, but I can't do that. I had to consistently turn people away and I'm like, but these people need help. Yeah. And I know there's a way I can help them. And that's to get a chance to work in depth with somebody at least once. I have repeat customers. I have people that come back every quarter, every other yeah. month. They're like, yeah. let's do this this time. Let's do this this time. You're going to get addicted to, you know, having a focused day. You really do. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. <laughs> right. I can, I can only imagine. And being able to help people get to the root of what that looks like and being able to plan for three months out, I think that's every person's uh, greatest dream, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what has, I'm curious about your time now, now that we're isolating and we're working from home, um, has that changed at all the dynamics of how you're doing business right now? And um, I can imagine that the results are, are still the same, like you're still able to interact with people like we are right now. Um, but how has that impacted the strategy work that you've been doing? Yeah, absolutely. With the unpredictability of COVID, it might seem impossible to create a strategy. And you're like, so how can I plan for anything? Right. But that's the beauty of a strategy is now we just add in some extra fallbacks. So if something happens, there's more ifs. Mm -hmm. There's more ifs. So there's more options. There's more alternatives that we can plan in depending on how a previous launch goes, depending on how the previous quarter's sales are, depending on the kind of traffic you're getting. And you can start to pivot and focus and shift on different things. But one of the most important things that I've noticed with everything going on with COVID is A, don't be afraid to pivot, obviously. <laughs> help people where they truly need help right now. And B is that I'm going to harp on this again. Be prepared. Yeah. You know what I'm about to say? You have to focus. Right. You can't sell 12 different things at once. You need to focus on the thing that you know is going to have the greatest impact for people and just sell that one thing. I don't care if it's course. I don't care if it's a strategy session. I don't care if it's ongoing services. I don't care if it's a book. I don't care if it's advertising on your podcast, whatever it is, focus on a thing to sell and keep talking about it. Talk about it in your newsletter, talk about it on your podcast, talk about it on other people's podcasts, talk about it on social media, talk about it on your website. If yeah. you only talk about one thing, that repetition is actually what sells people. Mm -hmm. You can have the fanciest sales page all you want, but if all they ever hear about it is on your sales page, they're not going to come back to it. Human brains work on repetition. The more we hear it, the more we start to apply it to ourselves. So we start to think, would this be good for me? You see testimonials from other people. You start to hear about them, talk about it in a different way. And you're like, maybe this is a really good idea. I should yeah. see what this is about and dive a little deeper. And it's, it's creating that consistency and that repetition that is actually what really gets people to buy. Not, you know, you could buy my course or my book, or you can work with me here, or you can do yeah, this. All or, these options. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The more options, the less likely you are to choose. We get that decision fatigue. And right. right now we're all fatigued already, right? Mm -hmm. Like we wake up anxious. <laughs> like we, we probably go to sleep a little later than we should. Like it's just, we're all dealing with this COVID exhaustion. And it's, I mean, it's August while we're recording this and COVID's been going on since what, February, March? March we're, yeah. we're all exhausted. We just are. Like it's just, yeah. it's this undercurrent that we're all dealing with. So don't give people more choices. Give them an obvious choice. 
And that's mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. And I think that's when we, even when we look at building brands, um, they, they evoke feelings within people. And I think really, I don't think there's such a thing as like bad brands and good brands, but really strong and weak. And I think when you're able to, uh, really consistently, as you said, and with repetition, sell like a, the same idea or evoke the same sorts of feelings within people, that's how, that's what they'll remember you by. And I think it's the same with people. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, you mentioned this, people are feeling, I think, stretched too thin, maybe even overworked at this, at this point. And I think for folks who have, who have kids, and now you're, playing teacher, uh, daycare, and all these other roles that weren't part of um, your repertoire before. Um, what would you say is important seeing as though we will always uh, be needing to make uh, trade-offs? But what would you say is really important right now to focus on if you're, let's say, a, a full-time entrepreneur working from home, or you have a full-time uh, job and are doing a, you know, a side hustle or a side business? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, if you ultimately, given COVID and everything that's going on, even if it wasn't, I would tell you to focus. So that's yeah. a whole other story. But with it going on, it's all that much more important. So if you are building a business, even if you've been in business as long as I have, the number one thing you have to do is see what people are actually paying for. Because people are still spending money. Whether you realize it or not, people are still buying stuff, especially now that a lot of people have extra time because they can't go out and party. They can't go out and go to the movie theater. They can't go to museums and all these kinds of things. You know, yeah. people are often choosing to improve themselves. So people are buying courses. They're buying books. They're buying coaching sessions. They're buying strategy sessions. They're buying things that will help improve because now because of all the anxiety, instead of focusing on, I have 800 tasks to do, most of us are saying, do I need to do that? Is that mm -hmm. actually working? Right. Why am I still doing that? And that's great because we're asking why. And we're asking those really important questions of, so I'm used to being obsessively busy. I'm a recovering perfectionist workaholic, and I'm very honest about that. And so being able to strip those layers back, we now have the opportunity. We have the mental space since we're not over socializing or, you know, over imbibing or overspending or whatever it is. Now we're at home most of the time. We're starting to think what should stay because eventually this will be over. Uh, my hope is that we'll have a vaccine and, you know, we'll be able to live with COVID just like we live with the flu and we can all return to some semblance of active life, but it'll never be the same. So uh, you're always gonna have to make these really important decisions of what is worth spending my time on, what earns money, what grows the business. So ultimately right now, if I could tell anyone to do anything, it would be one, focus on the thing that is selling or that people are asking you about, or people are saying, do you do that? Do you offer that? One thing, sell one thing and market very strongly through one channel. That doesn't mean you can't do others. For instance, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I have a newsletter. The main thing I'm focusing on right now is Instagram because it's getting a lot of traffic and I'm getting some very good conversations. So I'm focusing mm -hmm. on that. But I still send my weekly newsletter. I still post almost everything on Instagram over to Facebook and people are right. still responding to it there. But focus on one thing to sell and one marketing channel to bring attention to it and to support other people. Go to other people's accounts, comment, actually look at your feed, set time on your calendar. Don't do it whenever you want because <laughs> you'll get stuck into the rabbit hole. So yeah. pick a specific time during the day and say, I'm just gonna go through Instagram and every single thing I find interesting, I'm gonna leave a comment. And I'm just gonna keep going and going and going and I'll respond to anybody else's comments. I'll send DMs if someone said they wanted to talk to me and just socialize virtually, get that feeling and that desire and that connection there. And ultimately that will get you more comfortable about talking about your one thing. Now I'm an introvert. I don't like talking about my stuff and selling it, <laughs> but you can trick me into it by having a DM conversation with me or having, doing a podcast like this or something right. like that. If you just walked up to me and be like, sell me your thing. I'd be like, no. <laughs> Ew, 
gross. Like I wouldn't even want to work with somebody like that, first of all. So (laughs) that's important. But having one thing to sell and one marketing channel, if, if it doesn't support that, if it's not making you money, if it's not helping you plan for when you can rent business up more, let it go for now. Put it in a Word doc, put it in an Asana template for later, store your great ideas but allow yourself to just not work as much because we're all exhausted. (laughs) And especially if you have kids in a family, then you need to be there for them. You need that energetic availability and they're going to feed off of you as they always do. Even Mm -hmm. my partner and I feed off of each other. So if I'm having a bad day, they're having a bad day. If they're having Mm -hmm. a bad day, it's, it's a one bedroom apartment, friends. It's not huge. <laughs> so we feed off of each other. So you have to be willing to communicate. You have to be willing to say, man, this COVID stuff is driving me crazy. I can't watch the news anymore today. I'm losing it. Good. Let's watch SpongeBob. I don't care. Right. <laughs> watch SpongeBob as a family. Like have a Marvel movie universe, you know, marathon. I already did that. It's really fun, by the way, if you watch them all in order. So, you know. <laughs> do something fun like that together, you know, and that's, that's way more exciting than, you know, another tweet. That's way more exciting than let me just change the wording on this page one more time. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the perfect opportunity for us to actually connect on a really deep basis. And we have no idea when it's going to go away. So let's get the habit in of connecting with each other on a deeper basis this way. And that includes as business owners. That includes right. through DMs and emails and newsletters. And man, if you read my newsletter, it, it is very raw and very real. And I'm, very, I'm more honest than I am anywhere in public about what I go through as an entrepreneur. And yeah. it's been, uh, I've gotten a huge response because of it, because people aren't really talking about that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. we need to talk about that stuff. If we don't, then we're all going to pretend like hustle grind culture and working at 4 a.m. is normal. Mm-hmm. And it's working for us when it might not be. No. Yeah, I, I have to say that your your newsletter is definitely in my top five. I absolutely love reading it. And yeah, I just love your way of storytelling. And you just encourage us to engage. So at the bottom of your newsletter, you're like, yeah, I talked about this actually on my social channel. So go and like, let me know what you think about it and share your thoughts. So I think that's such a great way to like build a community of people um, one thing that you talked about here that prompted me, I think, thinking about how my priorities have shifted during this time and definitely uh, being conscious of what was draining my energy. So very early into March, I'm like, yeah, the news cannot be because it was just kind of on in the background while we were working. I was like, this isn't working for me anymore. It's causing me a lot of I don't know, I felt like my blood pressure was super high listening to just all the crazy stuff that was happening. Mm -hmm. And it was taking away from my ability to focus and work without me even realizing it at at the beginning, right? Um, So how how have your priorities shifted? I know, really cool side note, I'll link to Victoria's website in the show notes, but she lists things that she's focused on right now. I think that's such a cool way to you're clear on it. I'm like, whoever's looking at your website is very clear on it as well. So how have your priorities shifted and what advice do you have for people who are looking to sort of rearrange and reprioritize? Yeah, absolutely. Um, My priorities have shifted in the sense that very similar to what I was talking about before, I'm shedding a lot. I'm shedding a lot of like, oh, I should be on LinkedIn. I should be on Twitter. I should have five funnels. I should have a course. All of those shoulds are exhausting, but we get fed them a lot as entrepreneurs is this is the best way to make money. This is the only way to make money. This is the only way you'll make six figures. This is the only thing that's important right now. And Mm -hmm. when you deal in those absolutes, I always question it. There's, there's my questioner, my scientific, my why mind of, is that really true though? Cause I'm 36 years old and I've lived this long and I know that nothing is that definitive. Nothing is that yes, no, black, white, nothing. (laughs) We all live in shades of gray. So when we start to get those absolutes in, I start to wonder where is the gray area there? Mm -hmm. So um, I've been focused incredibly on just 
consistency. So I consistently respond to emails the same time every day. I consistently go on social media at the same time every day. Some days it has to change because I have a meeting or what have you, but I have a block of time on my calendar right. and it's set aside specifically for that. So I'm consistently writing my newsletter. I'm consistently reaching out to other entrepreneurs and connecting with them. I'm consistently participating in the communities I want to be a part of. And just having that little bit of foundation of consistency has, frankly, I think, saved my sanity. Yeah. <laughs> um, other fair. than from a personal perspective, I would say eating healthy helps a lot. Trust me, I want to eat all the cookies too. It's okay. <laughs> I get it. I really do. Um, my skin will get very mad if I eat all the cookies. And I also just don't feel great. I, yeah. I have a hard time being consistent if I don't do that really unsexy stuff of taking care of myself. So one of the things I also do is now every morning I roll out of bed very happily, thankfully, most of the time, because I'm grateful I woke up that morning and I have a big glass of water and I go take a walk outside because getting that chance to be outside Obviously, very safely. I live, you know, a little more in the countryside. So I do have a path that I can walk and I don't encounter that many people and I can keep my distance. So it's all safe over here. But uh, I go outside and I take a walk because it helps me to connect with that kind of bigger why and that gratitude of being alive and thankful that I'm not suffering right now and I, I have what I need. I'm safe, I'm healthy all of everybody, most of my people, <laughs> I have some friends of friends who are not so healthy, but most of them are all healthy. And I can just be grateful for that and start my day from there instead of crap. I have to cook this. I have to make that. I have to respond to this email. I have to decide my priorities when I wake up. Nope. I do that the day before my whole calendar is all planned out. I've set aside time. I've set aside buffer time and I always take my walk in the morning. Always. Mm -hmm. That's just my thing. Like, yeah, hair's not, hair does not look this good when I roll out of bed. Trust <laughs> me. Hair's up in a ponytail. I'm probably in yoga pants. But you know what? I'm outside. I'm moving. Everybody else I see out there is usually running and they're just sweating their butts off. And I'm like, good for you. I'm going to keep walking. And, you know, it, it gives me a chance to connect to that, that bigger why. And that mm -hmm. bigger reason of why I'm an entrepreneur and why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I help people instead of just being in reactionary mode of right. I must complete my to-do list. This is right. absolutely important. And allowing that little bit of space that most of us now have, especially if you have kids, they might not want to roll out of bed and take a walk in the morning, but you can offer it as an option <laughs> and just say, mom's going for a walk. Do you want to come? Because otherwise you don't get breakfast till I get back. So take your pick. So do what you want. Um, that little bit of time has made all the difference. And, you know, I can give you all of the business strategies in the world, but all of those everyday personal decisions that we make have the biggest impact on our business. Mm -hmm. That has been my way of getting back to me. As I definitely, I think at the end of 2019, the very common conversations that I was having with my peers was, this isn't working. Like this whole hustle of like going from here to here to here, having to show face at every single networking event and just being exhausted. But not me. But we <laughs> You wouldn't have seen me there. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but we think, you know, I think we reached a point where that became normal, like the functioning I don't even want to say it wasn't productive, right? But functioning at such a high level without even realizing that you were burnt out or very close to burning out uh, wasn't working at, at the end of 2019. And um, cutting into this year, it's crazy how what the times that we're in right now. But having those anchor periods within the day, like yours is your morning walk, mine is morning meditation, and just making sure that I'm like consistent with it every single day and if I feel like I need to skip it, I'm just like, okay, let's just do five minutes. And I think when you're able to just start it, then it's like, okay, the momentum starts to kick in and you actually, you know, like I'm better for it. Right. Um, you talk about having one 
big goal every year. And for you, it's to write the first draft of your of your next book. Um, can you talk about how you sort of arrived at this and what your decision making process really looks like? Yeah, absolutely. What your your big goal is? Yeah. Um, well, for me, I sit here, I've talked a lot about focus today. And you know the reason why I talk a lot about focus? I suck at it. That's why I talk about focus all the time, because I've spent the majority of my life not focusing. You can be multi-passionate and focused. It sounds oxymoronic, but it's true. You really can. And the key is, is you just have to peel away the other things that aren't important. So there are a lot of things I could have focused on this year. Obviously, when this year started, I didn't know about COVID. So <laughs> if you decided that you wanted to make a million dollars this year, you might still be able to, by the way, the year's not over. So <laughs> hang on to that. But uh, for me, I tend to split my focus. I'm like, let's try and build a course this year. Let's try and appear on a podcast at least, you know, three times every month. Let's try and do this. Let's try and do that. And what usually happens, maybe some of your listeners have experienced this, is that when I split my focus, I kind of half-ass everything. And I don't actually accomplish any of the things I wanted to do. And by the end of the year, I'm like, what did I do all year? Like, I don't even remember what my goals were. Like, how many were there? When was I supposed to finish this? Who's keeping me accountable for this stuff? Nobody. It's not going to work if it's just me. So I found that if I have one big goal for the year, and maybe that is creating a course, maybe that is working with 20 different entrepreneurs by the end of the year. Maybe that's doing, you know, an, an intensive every single week for three months, whatever goal it is, being able to focus on that, all my decisions can be based around that. So for me, I decided on my book, this is a book idea I've had for over five years and I've gotten all of those tensions where about every other week it was like, Hey, I feel like we should write that book. And it's like, okay, I'm listening. I got it. I got it. All right. <laughs> so, um, I decided that this year, that was my goal. You can't edit a blank page. So I decided that I'm going to write my first draft. And the book that I'm writing is completely different than the first two. So it's a whole different experience. I, I can't approach the writing the same way I used to. So I wanted to give myself a bigger opportunity to write and mess it up and move it around. And <laughs> you know, it's a huge experience. So the, the manuscript itself will end up being way longer than it actually is when it's edited down. But that's the point is I want to absolutely brain dump everything possible and then hand it to an editor and be like, I will pay you to make this pretty. <laughs> Please fix this. Right. And um, I'm giving myself extra time in 2021 to do multiple rounds of editing because this book is incredibly important to me and I want to make sure that it's fabulous. And I'm under no impression that my first draft is amazing. Okay. It's going to need some help. So I'm all right with that. And I wanted to give myself a decent amount of time to go through the emotions and the experience and the difficulty and the resistance of writing this book. But I gave myself a hard cap because anyone who's been a writer before knows that if you say you will write it someday, that's right. never, and we never mm -hmm. do it. So I was like, it has to be done by the end of this year because next year, beginning of next year, I'm handing it over to the editor and they're already waiting. They know it's coming. So I have somebody breathing down my neck <laughs> right. saying, you're still working on it, right? Yes, I'm still working on it. I still cry every other day when I have to write it. I still have to go through this and it's worth it because all the things that I'm experiencing, I get to help hundreds, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of other entrepreneurs to not have to suffer as much as I did. So mm -hmm. it's worth the experience. And it's also very therapeutic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love writing. Can you tell us a little bit about what folks can expect from this book? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is about the first 15 years of my entrepreneur experience. So my entire adult life, I've been an entrepreneur. And I also have uh, social anxiety and clinical depression. So I have been actually medically diagnosed and it's something that I live with. I'm no longer on medication, but I was at one point 
that will mm -hmm. be in the book. So it's part memoir and part self-improvement guide going through the whole 15 years of that experience and watching my false starts and my failures and my mistakes, my personal mistakes, which are very personal, and my mm -hmm. very professional mistakes, which caused me to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, all my clients in the course of a month. Um, I've burned down multiple businesses because my personal life spazzed out. All of that is in the book, as well as some tips on how to make sure you don't do that for yourself. <laughs> so mm -hmm. learn from my screw ups is ultimately the story. And uh, I'm very excited about it. It's, uh, it's a lot about personal improvement as well. There's a lot of mindset in there. Um, the tagline for it is, um, um, and see, I just forgot it. I put myself on the spot. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll catch that one in out. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's basically, you, you can't trust the voice in your head. Mm. And unfortunately, the voice in your head goes with you everywhere you go. So the best thing you can do as an adult is to reprogram that voice. And that's also yeah. the hardest thing you'll ever do. So uh, the sooner you can start, the better. And uh, the book will be a lot about that. Fantastic. And uh, you, you mentioned that this process for you has been therapeutic. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do to like get to know Victoria a lot better? Because I think, you know, what this did do for, for a lot of people is create space. And if anything, maybe forced you to like go out and like carve out some space for yourself. So what's, what's your process for self-discovery? And because I think it very directly goes back to even being able to identify what your priorities are, identify what you need today to make all of those future things very possible. And when we don't have that piece of self-awareness and understanding our current state and everything that happened prior to, and it's very difficult to, to start making steps moving forward. So what's your process and how do you get to know Victoria better? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I am a lifelong curious person. I am, I am a why asker. That's the reason that you and I originally connected. I yeah. mentioned that on my interview with Gwen that I am an obsessive asker of why. Because mm -hmm. as you start to peel the onion layers off and you ask that question multiple times, you get to the bottom and you're like, I have no idea. I heard it on a podcast. Okay. I read it in the book. I feel like I'm supposed to. <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll start from there. So, um, one of the things I love to talk about and I love to be very frank with is I go to therapy. Yay, therapy. Yay. <laughs> so if you are out there and you're listening and you go to therapy, congratulations. You're awesome. If you're thinking about it, go for it. <laughs> um, I was in therapy when I was younger. And I was on medication at the time and I stopped for a while, but I realized that after a certain amount of books and podcasts and self-discovery, and I was a yoga teacher professionally for three years and all of this, you know, peeling off the personal onion layers, I can't do it all myself. Like I do have a lot of self-awareness, but I'm also super blind to a lot of the things that I do because okay. I see it from my perspective. I'm like, oh, that doesn't bother anybody. Yeah, it does. <laughs> don't do that anymore. And uh, so I go to therapy and virtually right now, obviously, but that is an important part of self-discovery is having a external perspective. So I do also work with a business coach. So I have a additional professional external perspective because they usually call me on my crap when I start to fall into that, you know, well, no one's going to care about what I sell and I should just hide back here and not talk about it. And people will magically find me because I'm a fairy mm -hmm. and I don't have anything to worry about. And it's like, no, no, we're, we're going to shove you out there off the cliff and you're going to learn to fly on the way down. I react pretty well to those situations. So, um, <laughs> professionally I have, I have support personally. I have support. And then I take an active interest in understanding myself, which takes a lot of practice. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm going to slap a bandaid on your bullet wound and figure out how to do this. I meditate every morning as well. And so, you know, the power of meditation. Um, again, I'm also a yoga practitioner. Um, I stay physically active. Journaling is incredibly important to me. I am a writer. And if you are the kind of person who tends to run scenarios in your brain in a circle over and over again, I encourage you to stop and write it down 
because one of the things that's been most helpful for me is to get my thoughts out. For some people, it's conversation. They love talking. They love talking it out with someone or they love to come to someone and say, hey, I just kind of need to vent. Will you listen? I don't need any advice. I just, I just need to let this out. Everybody needs people like that. I love to write it because I notice that as I write, it starts to get a lot more honest because I start to get past the surface level of, you know, the ego and everything like that. And I start to get deeper as to, wow, I remember this from childhood or geez, this reminds me of a business I used to have. I'm making the same mistakes all over again. I learned this lesson already. I don't need to do this again. And you, to a certain extent, can start to self-coach yourself. But um, being able to get it out of my brain actually physically makes me feel better. It, you know, it's relieved headaches. It's made me less nauseous. It's, you know, actually relieved physical pressure. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because as we learn in yoga, the body remembers. And if you keep it inside, if you don't talk about it, if you don't sweat it out, if you don't write it out, your body remembers and it stores everything in there. So that's a source for some people for illness. I'm not going to say, you know, all you got to do is just let it all out. You'll be fine. No, it's life and bodies are way more complicated than that. But for some people with, you know, minor issues, that can be a lot of it. You can be poisoning yourself by not letting yourself fully experience what you're doing. So um, I've tried to just simply get better about that and noticing my discovery. So I write a lot. I actually have a digital journal because my handwriting is horrid. So I type really fast. So if anybody happens to prefer to type, you could have a journal that you type. And because I'm writing this book, I've actually been going back and reading old entries to include actual specific things that I wrote in the book. And wow, I was messed up. (laughs) And it's great to see that perspective and be like, girl, you've made so much progress. Like, I know you still have ways you want to go. I know you still have things you want to improve, but having that visceral data of, I actually thought that was healthy. I actually thought that was important. Being able to have that perspective is really important. And I don't think you can get that any other way, truly, honestly, deeply, inherently, without actually having written it down for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you're not a writer, I can just, I can hear it, it in my matter. brain. <laughs> a lot of people aren't writers. That's okay. I call it, um, the way I usually do it is I just call it a brain dump. So just, you know, open the page wherever, wherever is safe and secure that no one else is going to see. Cause this is just for you. Um, just brain dump. The first thing that comes into your head, just start writing about it. Was this a fight yesterday? Is it something you're looking forward to? Did you eat something and think it tasted awful? Start writing. And it will just start falling out of you because your body and your mind are going to be so grateful that you're getting rid of all this junk you've been carrying. They're like, Ooh, I want to talk about this. Ooh, I want to talk about, and just keep going. Just keep going until either the thoughts stop or you need to move on. That's okay. Leave it unfinished. There is no finish. Just let it out. (laughs) Just vomit it all over the page and stop when you need to stop either because of time reasons or because your fingers just stop because you run out of things to think, leave it alone. The next day, come back and do the same thing. Open a new document, do it all over again and, you know, date them. So, you know, and give yourself the opportunity. It's usually great around the holidays. Um, if you're particularly not busy or whenever you do take a vacation, take some time for yourself, just open a random one from like six months ago and read it and see what it says. Mm. And I, I can't tell you what's going to happen, but you're going to enjoy it. It'll be worth it. It's really powerful. Um, hold on. I want to share something with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, not to share it with you. Everyone is listening to this. Um, similar to a journal. Um, so I just like had this box with a whole bunch of like, uh, notes and it's it, this is my version of a gratitude journal essentially but yeah. every evening before I go to sleep I'll just write I'll date it and then I'll write one thing that I'm grateful for that happened today and uh it's so cool to like go through the if you have friends who also want to do this thing to go through it at the end of the year or on New Year's and go through experiences because you're you're right and I think capturing in a journal is really powerful and 
for you, you're using it in your memoir and the book that you're currently writing to really capture what you're feeling in that moment. You can't do, you know, 10 weeks from, from today. Um, and, and, because you can't even remember what you had for lunch last week. So to... I definitely do not remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, I'm glad that you're, that you're doing that and also saying like, wow, look at how far I've come and how much I've, I've grown since that, that period of time. So beautiful. Um, and as we start to wrap up, when, a book that I'm currently reading is called Essentialism. And uh, you talked, you used to, um, um, did you read the book? Have you read it? Yes, I have. I think, I think that's one of the ones I reviewed on my website. Yes, I absolutely love essentialism. I love it, love it. It's a great book. Yeah, and for anyone who's, who's read the book, Victoria talked a lot about the themes that are also found there. But, you know, you talk about being able to essentially discern the essential from the non-essential, right? And focusing on what's really important. And you've shared like a few examples on your website as well of how this plays out with your clients and also in your own life. So what does that look like for you? So for me, it's like setting boundaries and being able to say no without explanation. Um, What are some other examples that you think are really uh, important for people to know about? Yeah, well, no is a full sentence, by the way. I love that. I will never forget that. Um, I am a, we talked about being, I'm a recovering workaholic professionist. I'm also a recovering people pleaser. Um, I am one of those people that is Im- immensely self-sacrificing. I was one of those people. Let's correct mm-hmm. that. I was one of those people. I'm progressively not anymore. And it's been a long journey and it's something I continue to work on because it's easy to fall back into. But for me, determining the essential from the non-essential, obviously business and personal, they can you know, kind of muddle together and all that. But I have some very key things currently in my life that are benchmarks for me. And if they don't contribute to those things, I'm not doing it. Either I'm going to hire someone else to do it because there's VAs and coaches and OBMs and there's more than enough people in this world that are incredibly talented and probably better at doing it than you anyway. So pay those people if you can afford it. If you can't, you have to decide if it's actually going to, as we say, move the needle. Is it going to actually get you closer to making money? Because right now that is immensely important. Because ultimately, if you're not making money, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. And hobbies are awesome, but how much money are you spending on your hobby? really important. A lot of people don't even know that. So I know numbers aren't sexy either, but they're really important. So for me, I have uh, a personal goal, which is to get 100% out of debt. I'm 36 years old. As an adult, I have never been out of debt. And that bothers me a lot. So I am in the, I have $36,000 still to go, but that used to be twice that. So in just less than two years, I've already (laughs) destroyed that much. So I'm very excited. So within the next two years, if I can swing things within the next year, it'll all be gone. So ultimately, if I'm going to buy something personally or even uh, spend something in my business, if I don't have the funds in my business expenses and available, I have to ask myself, is this important enough to stay in debt for? Most of the time, the answer is no. I can find a workaround. I can find a free training. I can, you know, bookmark what it was I wanted to buy. So when I do have the funds, I can get it, but I can find a way to make progress for now. Or I can just decide that's not super important right now. And from a professional standpoint, my goal right now, other than writing my book, obviously, is visibility. Because if you don't, if nobody knows about me, they're not going to buy the book. And they're not going to pay attention. So um, I'm, if it doesn't get me more visible, if it doesn't get me in front of more people, I don't do it. And most things that people come to me for, they, they do want to do that. So it, it makes it easy to say yes. But um, if, for instance, making a course right now, that would not help. That would not help me at all because it would be spending a lot of money and I can't even guarantee it would work. So I do have my intensives, which are great and people love them. 
And I love doing podcast interviews. I used to have my own show. I'll be bringing it back when the book comes out. There'll be a whole new one. And, you know, so there's all these things that I do enjoy doing and I've done before. And visibility is a very broad thing. So for me, that also is starting to do uh, live videos again every week. I used yeah. to do them every Friday and then I stopped and I'm like, let's do it again. Like, right. let's. Let's do live videos every Friday. So I'm going to start doing that again. And it's surprising how much, again, consistency, that little right. bit of consistency. People are like, oh yeah, it's Friday. Are you doing a live today? I sure am. And mm. that little consistency, people start to look forward to it, which also means they miss you when you're not there. And right. some people start to worry if you're okay. I've had people reach out to me and say, are yeah. the lives coming back? Like, are you okay? I'm okay. Hey, I don't have COVID. Everything's fine. But yeah. uh, you create that audience and that community and that sense of repetition that people start to look for and start to look right. forward to. Mm -hmm. So well put. I love that. And the the final question. So I'm like debating in terms of because um, I've been feeling a lot of resistance in terms of asking, um, you know, what what is your why? Because I think sometimes it can be. Uh, limiting in the way that we see ourselves and like what we're meant to do during our time here and thinking that it's only one thing that we're supposed to be doing it. I don't think that's it's the case. Not. I've done a lot of things <laughs> and I still have a lot of things to do. So let me tell you, it's not one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've been exploring and you use this word several times for just being um, curious about things and and following your curiosity and not being afraid to ask why and dig deeper. So I think I'm going to start asking this question instead is, you know, what are you in less than two sentences? Like, what are you, what are you curious by at this, at this time? Right now? I'm curious about when people say they want to do something, but they never do it. Mm -hmm. I'm curious the why behind that. There's a lot of sources, but that, that continues to make me curious. I want to make systems and processes. You said that last year. Why haven't you done it? I, I want to be on more podcasts. Okay. Why haven't you tried to actually reach out to podcast hosts okay. and diving into that? And it's, that's related to everything I'm doing now As I'm curious why people say things are important to them but don't actually take action on it. Fantastic question that I think we all need to sort of ask ourselves as well, right? Because um, I think when we say that these X, Y, Z is our priority, it's like, okay, let's look at our time and how we're spending every single day. And if this is something that's important to us a year from now, then our week should reflect that, that goal, right? Mm -hmm. So... Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you uh, for being here and being so open to share your story here and then also online. Um, what's the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my website is alive and well, I'm happy to say. It's uh, victoriaklein.co. I'm one of those really hit people that doesn't have a .com. .com. And uh, my username is victoriaklein.co over on Instagram, so you can find me there as well. Beautiful. So all of those links will be in the show notes. And again, thank you for listening to another episode of the Power of Why podcast. We'll catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find the show notes at naomihiley.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Power of Why on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I look forward to you listening to next week's episode. <laughs>